Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible and it's within you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody is now living the best life ever, but it took some stepping out of her comfort zone. She's going to show you how it can be done. Here is your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so excited to have you back listening to the show. I am with a very special guest, somebody that I met three years ago, um, and he had a huge impact in my life at that time when what I was going through, and we'll get into all of that. And, you know, I wanted to just touch upon that this show was created and is intended to empower and educate you so that when you walk away from listening to this show, you feel that you've learned something. So I'm not just here to preach because I don't know everything. And as a fearlessly authentic woman, um, I am here to be completely honest with you and show show you my my fearlessness at this point. And I always think about, will I ever be completely fearlessly authentic? I hope so. Uh, It's because I've always been such a scaredy cat. And Cesar can really, really um, talk about that. And in researching um, what I was going to talk about today, obviously, there is a lot of lot going on in our society right now and i think that a lot of people have been trying to figure out the right words to say to um to educate empower and um be compassionate and have empathy all of those things and for me i know that i don't like to put myself out there unless i have something to say and caesar and i kind of talked about that before we got onto the onto the show is having something to say. And I've learned that in order to say something that is powerful and can help others, that I need to educate myself. And I was looking for somebody that would help me get that message out. And I asked the universe to please, please bring me somebody who can help me in, in getting my message out clearer than I could where I am. And I came across a video from Caesar. And normally, as I told him, I normally wouldn't stop to watch somebody's video. And I've seen Caesar's video. We both work out a lot. And this is how we we met each other uh, through fitness, through a program that I was bringing into my studio. And Caesar was the instructor. And so I've seen him work out. He's a fit dude, let me tell you. And he works out like crazy. So I've seen a lot of his fitness videos, but this time I saw him talking into the camera and I stopped. I don't know why I stopped, but I stopped and I listened. And I was just taken by the three minute and 30 second video he had put on Facebook because I, it just, it hit my heart. It hit, it hit every part of my body and brain that, that wanted to speak out loud. And that is why I have Cesar Vasquez on my show as a man that I have so much respect for as an educator, because that's what he did when he came into my studio. He took a bunch of trainers and myself and put us uh, in very, (laughs) he made us be comfortable with being uncomfortable and he educated us and he did it with um, honesty, 
in feedback and how we were doing. He did it with uh, compassion. He empowered us that we had we had it in us to complete what we were doing and to bring this um, fitness program into our studio as well-equipped and educated instructors. So that is why I have you on the show. So thank you for joining me, Caesar, so much and taking the time out of your life, your important life to um, help me today and um, tell your story. And that's really where I want to start. I want to start with um, your story, the story that you told on Facebook. Yeah, well, well, thank you. First of all, thank you very much for having me over today. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an honor to, uh, you know, to get to express my views and, and, and my thoughts because uh, we, chatted, we chatted a little bit yesterday mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't think what's the right or the wrong answer or, or like an offer or my thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So I made the video yesterday or a couple of days um, because I felt that th- there's a lot of people that want to help, uh, especially in the white community. I have a lot of friends that they, they want to step up, but they might not necessarily know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to offer uh, a different point of view to hopefully help them understand some things that they might not be exposed to on a day-to-day basis. So that, that's really why the, the video came out. So did into. you did you have, so you had friends that reached out to you and said, sort of like what I just said, I don't know how to express myself. I want people to know that I care. I want people to know that they matter. And how do I say that with the compassion, right? And empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that happened too. Uh, having conversations with my family and mm-hmm. also saying, you know, uh, I, I believe that social media is a wonderful thing when used correctly. Mm-hmm. And now more than ever, people want to create change and seeing a lot of my friends trying to be vocal about this and, and again, trying to step up and maybe not know, not knowing necessarily how mm-hmm. or, or what to do. Uh, and that's why I decided to, um, to share my thoughts and my voice. I'm so glad you did that because like I said, it brought me back to when you were in the studio teaching us. And part of what you talked about was educating, right? So can you, can you talk about that? Yeah. So uh, again, and just to piggyback right from, from the video, uh, you know, my whole life I experienced a, a my fair share of racism, uh, again, not just in this country, also in the country that I was born in, in Peru. And growing up, I think I, so first of all, I, I grew up a little bit more desensitized to things because it's just, you know, things that happen make you, I guess, a little bit numb to- Was this in Peru or here in the States? In both. Okay. Both. Yep. Okay, so you you experienced that, so you started hardening your shell a little bit. I think so. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I uh, now I um, <laughs> I always tell my friends I feel like a like a duck, right? Like you <laughs> put water on me, and the water just goes. Over. <laughs> There's nothing wrong my, with that. <laughs> my good coat of uh, of oil, but um, <clears throat> yeah. 
that was a, that was a big part of it. And then also my dad too. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I I was very fortunate to have very supportive parents. And something that my dad told me uh, at an early age was to question everything. Mm. Uh, so to be able to make my own decisions and, and to think uh, as I grew up. And looking back, maybe not necessarily it happened as I grew mm-hmm. up, but as as I'm older and looking back at things, I can make better decisions based on that. And for that, I'm, I'm always thankful for my dad. Did he say that because were you curious about a lot of things where he just didn't want you to say if if this was um, – this, this is it and accept it for that. He wanted you to challenge it a little bit and say, well, wait a minute. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you all that much. I'm, I'm going to step out of the box, go outside my comfort zone a little bit and, and be okay with that. Is that kind of what he encouraged you? I think so. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so my dad, I think he, he had many hats mm-hmm. and one of them was he, when he was he was younger, like around my age, uh, he liked to write a lot and to read a lot. So he was always reading um, things, on, and he's very well known on, on current events too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that from that from his point of view, I think he wanted to pass that on to me, and you know how we can get exposed to uh, whether it's media outlets or information that comes across us. So sometimes we just want to have this confirmation bias, right? And we look for outlets that are only our thoughts and they'll challenge our mm-hmm. own point of views. So at an early age, he, he taught me that. He okay. taught me, well, if you see something, also question it. Also look out, let's say, I don't know, for, for example, right? Vitamin B, is it good for you? Okay, they also look, is it bad for you? Right. And then make your own decisions based on and the I'm, information. I'm kind of glad you brought up the whole vitamin thing for a second. And I know that was just <laughs> an example. I get it. Um, it's, it's about not taking what somebody is telling you as gospel, let's just say, that yeah. unless they are an expert in that field. And I think that's where maybe a lot of people and feel – that they don't know what to say, going back to originally what we were talking about, don't know what to say or don't know how to help. Um, and I've educated myself as because you don't want to accept things for just what you might hear on the news or what you read in a newspaper or in a blog or on social media. And social media is great if used properly, right? Yeah. And because we, for me, it's a way to connect to people and get my message to them if I feel that it's something that could help. Again, I like to throw a message out there that can help. And I think you and I are very similar, which is why we're in the fitness industry, that we are we are very, very passionate about helping others become the best versions of themselves, just very succinctly said, right? So questioning something is, is so important to everybody out there where from wherever you come from. And I just didn't know if you wanted to have something, you know, say something about that. Just question yeah. everything. Yeah. So, and again, to go back a little bit in, into what's happening right now, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Seeing how people in this day and age still are still races against minorities, mm-hmm. and the, uh, I don't think the problem is 
is that they do it. The problem is why. It's always go back to why are they acting this way? Mm -hmm. And if we look back at their history, why what are they being exposed to growing up? What are the learnings that they're being taught growing up? Because that's the place that ideas form as we grow up. And it's very challenging to change that, uh, let's say after 30 years plus. I completely agree with you. It comes from the values that you learn at home. And we can't blame, a lot of people blame their parents, okay? And we're of different, you and I are of different generations. And um, my parents did the best that they could. And that's the way I look at it. And they taught me some things and a lot of things I learned on my own and through the hard knocks of life. And it's, I've experienced, you know, being a woman, I've experienced some, some issues there being almost 60 year old woman. You know, um, I remember when I was going to open up my own studio and my then 30 something year old boss said to me, who do you think is ever going to go to a 50-year-old woman to train? And people have heard me say this story, but that was, that's ageism. And, you know, I've also been a victim victim of, of anti-Semitism, you know, being a Jewish woman. So it's, uh, and you, you kind of want to let people know because my name doesn't sound Jewish, um, sound Jewish, right? Sound. Uh, and so when I, I feel, and I don't know if you've ever felt this way, if you feel like, is there somebody in here who dislikes Jews? You know, because my skin is white, right? My name doesn't sound Jewish, quote unquote. Um, it does end, doesn't end in a Wits or a Berg or something like that. And I just always feel like, okay, the hair on the back of my neck goes up and I'm like, I just want to put that out there and let people know, hey, you know what? If any, if there are any anti-Semitic jokes going on here, please don't even send them out this way because you're amongst a Jew here. So, do you ever, you know, do, do you ever get that feeling? I want you to tell about talk about that that elevator story. That's why I brought that up. That made me think of the elevator story that you shared on Facebook, and it that's that resonated a lot with me because of that feeling, you know, being around people that that have been anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um- Yes, to, to start, right, I, another thing that my parents taught me to in was to be conscious, and this is why it's so important for people to have this very difficult conversations with, with their kids and with mm-hmm. the younger generations, that this is real, it's something that happens every day, but also to be aware because, you know, I'd be lying to you if I told you that my parents never had a conversation with me when they told right. me, hey, just, you know, be aware of where you be are aware. and your surroundings because mm-hmm. you're a minority, you yes. know, and, and be aware of how people might see you. It's not like they, they mean harm. It's just you, you have to grow, grow, grow some wits about it. Yes. Uh, so we got older, but uh, yeah. So the the elevator story is a story too. That that to me, I I brought it out to my family, and and I wanna I have younger cousins that I want I wanted to get some stuff from. So 
last year uh, I was in Buffalo, New York, and I was there for for work. So I, most of my work was at the weekends. Now we COVID, it's uh, right, <laughs> it's right. Work on, on my desk. <laughs> we'll get to the work later. <laughs> <laughs> So I was there for for work, and I was coming back from from day one, and uh, I was going out on the elevator, and there's a couple of of young black kids, fourteen, fifteen years old, and you know at that age, uh, uh, kids are full of life, they're loud. I know I was loud too. Everybody's loud. They used to just enjoy Absolutely. life. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So right. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know that we're being loud. Sometimes today, I don't even know when I'm being loud. <laughs> we don't know, but we don't know. And so as we go up, the, the, the doors open at the fourth, fifth floor, and there's, there's three young white girls around the same age, and they take a peek inside the elevator, and they, they see them and me, and they go, hell no, very loud. Mm-hmm. They turn around, and they walk away, and then the elevator doors close, and we keep going up. And I... Uh, I, I could put myself into those kids' shoes because, like, like I said earlier, like, at this point in my life, you can tell me anything and I, whatever. Uh, it, it doesn't bother me much, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't help myself because I know I have cousins too. I cousins that are going to be that age. And I was trying to think, okay, so if I was – the same age and that had happened to me because nothing to that extent had happened to me at that age yet some level of racism but it wasn't that that, that young yeah that impactful mm-hmm. um i was thinking what was going through those kids minds because you, you can tell how you know when you take a look at somebody and they right. don't feel well they feel uneasy yeah. uh, so i was thinking how uh, how they will be feeling what thoughts are going through their their minds and right away, I tried to snap them out of it uh, by turning turning around and, and making more of a lighter moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple of things that I, that I said uh, <laughs> was for sake of, of, uh, of professionalism. I won't repeat mm-hmm. here. Okay, that's funny. all right. That's all right. But you knew <laughs> how to relate. You knew how to relate because you felt it. Yes. Yes, yes. And, you know, long story short, they, they laughed and then uh, hopefully you know, they went out onto the world on a better note because I know if those kids had that experience at an early age, they're going to associate potentially seeing white girls to feeling that way. And that is also a problem. So it's almost... It's almost a like catch twenty two, right? Right, right. People, people feel, uh, let's say, not safe when they see a, co- a person of color, mm-hmm. but it's also how they react that instigate that person of color to react to that situation. So, in, in my head, I wanted to break the hot cycle, and and hopefully those kids will went out, and you know they they went on a, on a better note to do their things. So that, that was, that was the reason why. Well, I, they were lucky that you were in the elevator with them and you could give them your wise words because you do know how to relate to so many people as um, I witnessed when you were um, training us that, you know, every, every shape, size, color, you train them and you get in front of the room and you instruct them and, 
you know, there's a job to be done. And I think, you know, the, I, I know that you, you're talking about, you've talked about your cousins, your younger cousins, and that you want to educate them. And so they don't, they don't have to go through what you might be experiencing. And, and one of the things that I thought was very powerful that you said was, it's not going to change tomorrow, guys. It's not going to change next week because this is something, it's like having a personal training client come in and says, okay, I want to lose 50 pounds. And oh, by the way, I have a wedding in two weeks. Could you do that for me? It's not going to happen. It's not, you know, because everything is a process and it's through education and it's through the words that we use and the morals and the values that we have at home or, you know, with your client, whatever it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that, you know, it's, uh, so it is, and when we talk about people being successful, right? Usually what most people see is the overnight success right here, but they don't see the incremental changes that happen for the last two, three years. So that is what we have to do is we have to create incremental changes in what we do and how we relate to others and be more kind and loving with each other and stand up for each other when things like this happen. Because otherwise, you know, we want to... We're going to be loud, as loud as we can, but nothing's going to change with that. And we only have about two minutes until we're, we go to break, so we might have to finish up this conversation. But um, the last thing that you said about standing up and being heard, and there's, I think, always a way to stand up and be heard because I could relate this. You don't have children, right? No, I okay. have a plan. Okay. You have a plant. Okay. All right. Well, not the same thing. So with children, if they, if they don't feel that they're getting enough attention from their parents, a lot of them will act out. You know, my oldest daughter who's listening right now did it a lot. She maybe (laughs) thought that mommy's on the phone all the time or whatever it was. And this is when we had wires hanging to our phone and so on and so forth. Uh, back in the early 90s. and but, but kids will act out if they don't feel that they're being heard. And you always hear that kids will, I don't know why that person's acting that way because you're not paying enough attention to them. And I think that kind of leads us to where we are right now. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. If we want to create change, we need to speak about it. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people and, and, and again, just they want to help. They don't know how to help. And silencing right now, it's not going to help. We need to be vocal. We need to share experiences. I love that. We're going to go to a break right now and we'll catch you guys on the other end. The other side, we're going to be talking a little bit more about this and we're going to get into a little bit of fitness empowerment also. See you guys on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. 
Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are having a really wonderful conversation with Cesar Vasquez, somebody I've known for three years, and we met each other through fitness. And fitness has always been a huge part of Cesar's life, and it's made you feel strong. I think we have very similar stories in that we uh, found fitness, we fell upon it, and we realized that when we walked away from doing our workout, we felt super strong and empowered. And we were talking in the first half about education, empowerment, compassion, empathy. And I feel that as for me as a fitness studio owner uh, and and being in the fitness industry for uh, over 30 years, I've been working out for 40 years, uh, that all of those qualities are really important to have as an instructor, as a personal trainer. And uh, I was very, for anybody who's just joining us now, I, you know, when I met Caesar, he knew that I was really nervous about this program I was bringing into the studio, and um, and he was so lovely in in just taking it down, just sort of what we like what we talked about before that it starts with. Let's have the conversation. Let's okay. What are you nervous about? Okay, and and in the bigger picture of what's going on in the world, what's going on in the world? Where can I help? What can I say? How can I educate myself more to feel empowered to help others and speak with compassion and empathy? And that's that's where I feel that um, in fitness, like what we both do, that that we practice those things every single day when we're relating to our members or our clients. Uh, what about you? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I so fitness changed my life um, when I was coming out, uh, and I was in my last semester of college. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my what? life. I didn't want to do I, what? So I was finishing marketing. At okay. College. okay. <laughs> <Once a minute. laughs> I I just knew that I I wasn't passionate about it. I just didn't know what I was going to do. And at the time, uh, I decided to finish the uh, and get my degree because I knew how much effort and, and money my parents had invested mm-hmm. in me. So it just seemed like the right thing to do. You're such a nice person. I can't, you guys, I, it, like, he's such a nice person. I can't even tell you. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And so... It, 
I started working at a YMCA and I came came face to face with group fitness mm-hmm. and the way that I fell in the room made me feel part of something bigger than me. And I don't think at the time I quite understood that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I looking back, that's probably what it attracted me to it because you know, growing up in Peru, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being darker skin, I, I there's some level of racism so as a kid uh, you, you try to find ways to connect with others and places you belong and, and then kids again kids can and sometimes they don't mean they don't mean bad things by it they just don't know better right is what they're being exposed to so did so, you feel like even there you even in Peru, and I know you talked about that, that you didn't feel like you were trying to find a place where you belonged. And we talked to, that's in, you know, that's, that's what we named the show is, is finding that place where you belong, that community. And so were you searching for that even in Peru before you came to the States? Yeah. So my first contact with that feeling of actually finding a place of, wow, like people like me, it was music. Uh, music and, and rock, and I start playing. Um, I see the guitar. With, yeah, the guitar over there in the back. Yeah, and, yeah. And my bass, and I started playing music with with friends that I found along the way. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had a, a band, and we we would play in pubs and, and small bars, and it was crazy because at the time I was. 14, 15, I was playing in these places, right? And wow. so it, it was very surreal. But that was my first contact with finding a place I belong. Mm. And then when I moved to this country, uh, I didn't have that for many years, right? So I moved here when I was 16 and then all the way up to maybe 23, 24. I just didn't have that. So once I, I, I and fast forward to finding group fitness, Mm-hmm. everything came back and I felt, man, this is something that I don't want to let go because it's so something to it. I don't know what it is yet, but I want to keep poking it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what brought me here. Was it a feeling of uh, safety that you, you, I know that I always try to make everybody feel safe and safe, meaning that you can be yourself here. You, there is nothing, you, there's nothing, that you do that's wrong or bad. So I'm sure you've also encountered when you talk to clients that they're like, oh, I was bad this week and I ate terrible. And I always say, you're never bad. Like this is this is a place where you're never bad. There's no good, bad, there's no judgment. But is it a place when you found fitness as this, this place feels right to me because you felt safe where you, you just simply felt like you belonged here? Yeah, honestly, I feel that it was because, and I was very fortunate to have great instructors and instructor are the ones that lead the group, right? And it's up to them to create that environment. So I was, again, very fortunate to come across those wonderful people that created these great environments where everybody felt free. Everybody felt, you know what, like I'm coming from different backgrounds, but once I'm here, it doesn't matter. We're just, we're just here for for whatever one hour, half an hour, we can disconnect from everything that is going on in our lives, which you know, a lot of people need it. Like, a lot of people right. don't, don't, don't know that fitness, it, it, it does more for people mentally than physically. It can be an escape and a good way to escape things. I'm so glad you brought that up because I talk about that all the time that 
people think that, and this is what was worrying me during quarantine, that my studio hasn't opened yet. And um, I was getting concerned about my members who maybe decided not to opt into the digital classes. That what were they up to? And it was important. We talked about this important checking in with my clients and my members to me. Hey, you okay? Hey, do you need anything from me? What can you do? Do you want to jump into this class and see what it feels like to do a virtual class and so on and so forth? Because it was the depression. I was nervous that they were going to fall into some type of depression because now we're feeling isolated. Now we're feeling like something they were doing every other day or maybe every day and then they stopped. And they don't realize that what a huge, huge part of their mental health fitness is. I think people hear the word fitness and they just think, oh, it's about working out. No, because when you're working out, you can't be thinking about, I feel isolated. I feel depressed. I feel sad. I'm, I'm, I feel alone. You can't feel any of those things because you're, if you're really working out and you have a great instructor like you, all you're thinking about is I've got to get through this clean and press. I've got to get through this, this tricep push up, whatever it is. And it's people like you that are so that taught me how to be, you know, I've, I've taught group fitness, but this was um, something different. It was a different platform. It's less mills and there's choreography and there's great music and it's a great program. And you, you have a huge job with them and we just learned so much to, it was a totally different environment, bringing somebody into that class. And it was because of you, it starts from the top, just like it starts at home with morals and values. It starts with the instructor. And, you know, um, I'm so grateful that you were my instructor and were able to teach the instructors. Yeah. The, the instructor role, it's such a big role in, in group fitness because at the end of the day, they they are the catalyst, right? Of, of mm-hmm. people wanting to come back. And again, it, it, it's not. Uh, so let me go back to to our training, right? Mm-hmm. And how yeah, let's feel. go. There, let's go there, Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this was about three years ago. So and so a little bit about the training. So two days, and there's a lot of material that we have to go over, and then we have to present. Uh, some some tracks and then the trainers will give feedback to things to work on for the next presentation and so on. So we wanna wanna have the instructors ready for a live class because we know knowledge is it's great, but the application of that knowledge is way more important when it comes down to a live class. So with that comes a lot of um, nervousness for people because it's something new especially if they're if they're stepping out of the comfort zone and that's how i felt when i went to the classes when i started taking group fitness that's how the instructors made me feel made me feel comfortable and made me feel that nothing else matter if we're just there to have a great time mm-hmm. and i wanted to know more about it i knew that i wanted to do that for others Right. So then fast forward to you know, six plus years and then I got the opportunity to do that, to train instructors. So for me, the instructor role, it's, it's, it's the catalyst that can make or break a club or, or a studio. They're I, the agree. Ones that I agree. It's, it's that energy. And so your job, your job today is? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I 
Well, I don't travel right now because of the, of the virus. Yes. I travel around the country and I have the opportunity to train instructors from, from different areas that want to get certified to go to teach classes at the clubs that they, they are members or, or they already work for. Do you find that, so you're in this environment that you felt great in. This is, this is where you felt empowered. So did you want to pass that? I mean, I felt that from you, that we felt you made us feel really safe. Like we're, we're going to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is a phrase everybody throws around. But if you really think about it and you actually do it, it's, um, it's a scary place to go. And I'm the biggest scaredy cat in the world, which is why this is called Fearlessly Authentic, because I am uh, becoming courageous and um, being my truest self by, by helping other people also. This, by me talking to you, this helps others and it makes me stronger. And hopefully you've learned something too, because I'm a big fat scaredy cat. Um, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, but it's, you, so you feel that empathy. You're very empathetic when you know that somebody's really nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I never really think myself as an educator because honestly, I never, it, it, rarely feels like a job because it's something that I truly enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. wow. uh, I'm very, I'm very fortunate that I was able to find this, uh, this passion that I had and, and make it like a career out of it. So for me, and based on, on, you know, I got the opportunity to, to train a lot of people over the years. Mm -hmm. I found that the best environment for learning is when people feel comfortable, mm. you know, and sometimes when people come to the trainings again and they're nervous and they're thinking about right. all this final product that they have to put on, right? Right. They, they, they can build, and this happens subconsciously, like the builds, they build walls of untrust, not because they want to, it just happens as a defense mechanism. So for me, it's, I want to do the best I can to create this comfortable space where they can feel safe to learn. And, and that's how the best learnings happen. And I, I think one of the reasons you're such a great instructor is because you want, you understand that. And I think that, you know, circling around to what we started talking about at the beginning of the show is a, a creating that safe environment for people to have very honest conversations. Um, it happens in every, in every part of our lives where we need to have these honest, converse, honest conversations if we want to see changes made. And just like somebody coming to our classes, it doesn't, their transformation mentally, physically, or both doesn't happen overnight. But it's through our, it's through us finding the right person. And I always say to somebody, if you're stuck, you need to take, you need to take steps because if you stay stuck, you're not going to move forward. You're not going to move back. You're just going to stay stuck. So find and find a mentor, find a therapist, find somebody, somebody in your life that you look up to or you, um, you seek knowledge from that will help you get from that stuck place. So it's taking that first step into that that place, we make them feel safe, we educate and empower them, and then hopefully they blossom like flowers. And that's sort of what I'm hoping and I think you hope for your cousins and for the next generation to come 
whether it's fitness or whether it's any situation, they come through a situation like we're experiencing right now in our country that we can find a space where people feel comfortable talking about their feelings and not having other people judge them for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also having people being brave to ask to, right. If they don't have the knowledge to know something. And sometimes the, the biggest obstacle is, uh, is acknowledging that we, we don't know something or we need help in understanding areas that, that you know, we, we're not aware of. And I think that needs to happen uh, on this current event and, and also in learning and anything that we learn, you know, mm-hmm. being curious and you know, going back to teaching kids to question things. And that's why that learning that my dad gave me, it's so important for me, you know, being curious and questioning things and, and, and want to know more about things, help in learning. Um, um, so I'm curious, how, are, how old are your cousins that you've referred to? I'm sorry, I, you froze for a little okay. bit. Okay. How old are your cousins that you've referred to? My cousins are about six and seven. Okay. So how are, you, how are you helping them see the world? How are you educating them? What knowledge are you taking in? How are you, what kind of approach are you taking with them? That's a, that's a great question, Jody. Um, so early on, you talked about, you know, having different things to focus on in our lives. And, and sometimes we try to juggle with, you know, like for, for you, it's my studio and then my competitions and my family. And sometimes mm-hmm. we tend to gravitate towards one more than others. Mm-hmm. And, true. Very and, true. And to me, if I'm, if I'm honest, I think my family time wasn't the best okay. um, about a year ago. And so, because I was, you know, I was focused on work and I, I, I want to do the best I can and I want to want to get more experience because by, by working more, you get more experience, right. more learnings. And that's something that I saw and my family doesn't live too far from me. They're like 10, 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So I had to have that almost internal conversation with myself and, and being honest, hey, is it something that I can change here because I need to put more time with my family? Oh. And I remember how my cousins growing up in Peru, they, they were very involved in my life mm-hmm. at a young age. And I want to do that for their kids mm-hmm. because I can share something that I learned along the way in my, in my 31 years of age. And, and now I'm trying to make priority for my family, priority time for my family uh, and be more connected with them. You are so wise beyond your years. Um, That that was another thing that impressed me when I met you three years ago because of your wisdom. And I think it's because you were probably very curious and your dad did encourage you to ask a lot of questions. So, and I love that you realize that, hey, I'm working all of these hours but I'm not spending enough time with my family. So spending more time with your family, not knowing that if you worked more, you're going to learn more and it's going to take you to the next level. And you just filmed like a, a world video or something, right? With in fitness. No, um, Sydney is Sydney is, is filming some uh, okay. 
Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a big step. I know that was always a goal for you. And we talked about that when we met. So taking mm-hmm. the time, maybe a step back and saying that, you know, this is the way I'm going to educate my cousins is that I'm going to spend more time with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I'm, I'm learning so much. And what's the point of learning if I'm not passing this along to others and especially absolutely. my family. It's that's absolutely true. So tell me, I, I love that you are doing that. That's because I always say, I say this to my husband who works a lot and trying to find that balance in life. And I say, you know, nobody on their deathbed, my mom's 85, uh, says, and she's had her health issues, has never said, I wish I spent more time at work, right? Mm-hmm. It's always, I wish I spent more time with my family or my very good friends, but it's mostly, I wish I spent more time with my family. So I applaud you for recognizing that at such a young, at an early early point of your life, because I think having having that balance, and I talked about balance last week, is finding that balance is um, really, really important in, in having an effect on the younger generation. Yeah, it's something that happens too. I think as we grow older, we become more aware of, of mm-hmm. what matters, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it's not all of us, uh, mm-hmm. but I think, I think some people do. And mm-hmm. again, it's, it's, can we bring that learning to young people and, and showing, hey, these are the values that you should consider in, in taking with you as you grow older as well. It's what is it that matters to you? Is it the success that you have, or is it the people around you, or is it? And again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's just it's just being honest with with our values, mm-hmm. right? Right. Really and honest about values, right? And starting and starting that discussion at home or with a very close person in your life. So, how has quarantine affected you? What What have you been up to during quarantine? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm happy you asked. <laughs> I've been focusing a lot more on my own training. Uh-huh. So live pre, pre-quarantine, I, so I also teach classes. And, and again, if I'm honest with myself, I was teaching a lot. I was mm-hmm. teaching a lot of classes. And then the, the work that I had was mostly on the weekends. So there wasn't a lot of time for me to actually train myself if mm-hmm. I had the time I had to be very you know, very careful how I train not to burn myself out right and yeah burnout real yeah so over the last two months I feel that I have put some of the best training that I had in years and it's because I you know I'm letting my body recover for my body even though for some reason i keep waking up at 5 30 6 a.m wow. i don't know why that's a good uh, thing it is like it is a good thing it's just you know uh, it, i find it interesting like before quarantine you know i didn't wake up as early and now uh, that this is happening that i'm home like most of the time i tend to get up early so that's that's very interesting but uh, nevertheless, so yeah, I'm happy with that, with, with more. So you more feel training. like you've gotten healthier during quarantine? Yeah, 
Yeah. I, you know what? I feel the same way. I, I feel stronger, healthier, because when you are teaching a lot of classes, for me, it's more personal training clients than it is classes. But when you're teaching or, and, and interacting with your clients all day, it's the next thing you know, if you don't wake up at 530 in the morning, the next thing you know, it's seven o'clock at night and you're exhausted and you're like, oh, I'll get that workout in tomorrow. I'll get that workout in tomorrow, right? For you, you're te- you teach a lot of classes. So the burnout and you, the lack of recovery for your body is real. For me, it was more mental and not being able to get that kick-ass workout that I wanted to get in. I would be training a client saying, oh, I got to get that. I got to do that same workout for me. And I would even tell them, I'm going to do that workout after you leave. And, you know, and then the next client would come and you wouldn't have time to do it. And so I feel like, you know, so many people are coming out of this a better version of themselves, a healthier version of themselves. Yeah, I think for me it was both too. It, mm-hmm. it was physically and mentally because, again, you know, you, when we teach classes and, and we step in the room, we we want we want to be there a hundred percent for the people that come to see us, right? One hundred percent. You know, it's it's fair. It's, sh- it's showtime. It's showtime, yeah. right? But it's it's fair to them, right? They yes. make other days, they invest resources and come to see us. So that's yes. the least we can do. Even one hour of our time. Fully I on. completely agree. And it's not easy <laughs> to do it. Uh, I, I'll lie to you if, you if I told you it was because we also have to deal with our personal stuff and we have our inner demons that we yeah. battle with every day. So separating that and then being able to learn how to be present is another skill too that we will learn at the modules, but that takes a little bit of mental toll in us. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It's the mindset. And I, I don't think a lot of people, you know, we talked about that before too. It's that mindset, the mentality while getting healthier mentally and physically but the, the person training you or teaching the class, if their mindset isn't, there, if they're thinking about a fight they had with a friend or a boyfriend or whatever, a girlfriend, then that they're not going to bring their best version of themselves to that class. So it's, it's a, it's mental toughness. It's mental awareness. It's, it's a mindset. It truly is. When you walk into that group fitness room, you better be ready to go on because guess what? Like you said, people have spent money and their time to come in and be inspired and motivated by you. So Buddy, girlfriend, you better bring it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so this quarantine time kind of gives us time to like mush, get our mind a little, give our mind a little bit of a break. Yeah, definitely recharged. Uh, I think I picked up a couple of skills along the way too. So I'm being, uh, something I always wanted to do was editing videos and because mm-hmm. it, it all very interested me. But um, over the last, probably I'll say, four weeks I I've been playing around with uh with shooting stuff and then editing and I, I spend a lot of time on the computer that so that's been that's been great it, it's a uh, it's a good skill I think to to have um as we move forward in this new world right I know well I wanted to ask you um two questions yeah of course, of course I have all these notes around me and all these questions I wanted to ask you but I want to ask you what where could people go if they want to educate themselves on the topics we discussed, on educating themselves with what's going on in the world and having that conversation with their children, where 
you know, just having sitting down and being honest with them? Or is there some place they can reach out? Could they reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best place to do it is if if they reach out to people that actually had had those experiences and they can okay. see, hear them. And, you know, a lot of things that I've learned are just from people telling me their stories. Uh, you know, I, I like to read, but not as, as much as I should probably. <laughs> and, <laughs> and again, I always relate to learning sisters just having those conversations with friends and seeing their points of views. And then, you know, there's always a way to debate too. And right. With my girlfriend too. Sometimes we don't agree on, on everything, but that's, that's okay. I think it makes, it makes, you learn. It makes us have great conversations and, and, and see each other's points of views and, and be more aware of, of, of ourselves. So to answer your question, I think asking people, of color, because uh, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're more than willing to Thank share. You. Thank you. Thank you. And I get to ask a really big question of you. What does fearlessly authentic mean to you? To me, well, that that's another great question. I'm happy you asked that because it's something that I've been trying to work over the last probably eight years. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I have the answer for you, but I can tell you what I've learned along the way. Okay. And to me, now what I'm, what I stand right now in this moment of, of of time, is showing up and not being afraid of being vulnerable with what we know, how we express ourselves to there's a way to do it but uh for the so to give you a little bit more context on this for the longest time uh and, and you know this right so when we teach those classes uh, we have this this master class videos with right. wonderful presenters and then that's how we learn our our material so we always look after the presenters in the videos and the reason why they're so good is because they are themselves in the videos. The, the way that it works for them is because they're, they're them. And right. They're for the longest authentic. time, yeah, for the longest time, I tried to be people that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see these presenters and I thought, well, I need to talk like them and I need to use the language they use and I need to, you know, feel like them. And sometimes it'll work, uh, but the most part it wouldn't <laughs> because it just didn't feel like me. And as I, as I learn more along the way, uh, I, I can tell you now that uh, I can step in the room and the person that you talk, that you're talking with right now is going to be the same person that you're talking have, with. I, I hate to interrupt you. We have to go. We have to close up. I thank you so, so much. Um, for yeah, sharing sure. everything with us. And um, I thank you for all this wisdom. I appreciate it. And I encourage everybody out there to grab their inner scaredy cat and live their life fearlessly authentic. Caesar, you're a doll. You're sweet. Thank you so much. Reach out to him, everybody who um, who is listening to the show. And um, he will help you. Thank you, Caesar. Thank you for having me. And thank, thank you, you so much. For everybody for listening. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. 
Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.